The world today is seemingly divided when it comes to understanding the Bible. Religious fundamentalists hold that every word reflects unerring historical truth, while skeptics see biblical stories as little more than fairy tales. This book rejects both approaches. Rather, we view the Genesis and Exodus narratives as valuable instruction. Their truth is neither literal nor historical, but moral and ethical. Finding truth in a biblical narrative is akin to finding truth in a poem. What does that mean? Let us say I'm walking through a beautiful garden with my beloved on a gorgeous, warm spring afternoon. Overwhelmed by her beauty, I gaze at her and sigh, your eyes are two beautiful pools. This does not mean I propose to dive in and take a swim, nor am I lying. I am in fact expressing a truth that rises from the very depth of my soul. I am presenting an accurate description of how my beloved makes me feel. Leonard Gardner, et al., Genesis, The Teacher's Guide, New York, The United Synagogue Commission on Jewish Education, 1966, pages 18 and 19. We turn to Torah for enlightenment or personal guidance rather than lessons in science or history. Torah is a Hebrew word that means instruction or learning. It is a word that we understand in two ways. In its narrow sense, the Torah is the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In a broader sense, though, the word Torah represents all of Jewish learning. All of the accumulated wisdom and teaching that through the ages, the Jewish people have contributed to the benefit of the entire world. Overarching Jewish and Western religious thought is the magnificent story of creation. Over the years, I have resisted recruiters' efforts to ensure the Genesis story of creation is taught in conjunction with the theory of evolution in public schools. I resist because the biblical story of creation is not good science, nor is it bad science. It is not science at all. It tells us absolutely nothing about how the world was created, but it offers invaluable insight as to why. We do not read far into the creation story before we discover that God presented in Genesis is different from the pagan deities worshipped by other societies. Genesis God is not merely a powerful force whom worshippers seek to appease. The God of the Torah wants us to use our power to create a just, caring, and compassionate society. We human beings have godlike abilities, and the Almighty has set us in charge of and responsible for the earth. We have awesome power. We can use it for good or for ill. Since we have free will, the choice is ours. Midrash is a form of Jewish religious literature necessary to understand how Jews read and understand Scripture. Midrash provides us with corrective lenses for our nearsightedness. In the Midrash, Bereshit Rabbah, chapter 8, section 11, we learn human beings stand midway between God 
and all of Earth's other animals. Like the animals, we eat, sleep, drink, procreate, eliminate our waste, and die. But in a godlike way, we have the power to think, analyze, and shape the environment in a manner far beyond other creatures. The message of the story is that God wants us to use our endowed gifts to establish a just, caring, and compassionate society on earth. But we, not God, must decide whether we will comply with God's wishes. The concept of sacred time, which the Torah emphasizes again and again, is so central to biblical thought that it is woven into the very fabric of the creation itself. If God is the force of good that we wish to emulate,